Cookies. Cookies. I want to talk about cookies, man. You're going to talk about cookies? I'm going to talk about cookies, man. I'm going to start something new at work. Um, but I'm going to need your involvement. I, I'm willing to help with your cookie okay. dilemma. Well, I'm going to need Kim's involvement. Kim's an excellent cookie maker. So I don't care what kind of cookies she makes. Okay. I just want... She make gourmet cookies? Yes, she'll make any kind of cookie. I'm gonna the hardest cookie you've ever seen, she'll make it. Okay. Make it. So I'm going to need some gourmet cookies. Okay. Okay. And then she's going to bake those cookies for us. Mm-hmm. And then somehow they're going to get to mile high. I will bring them to mile high for so you. So you'll bring them to mile high. I should okay. make the cookies and I'll bring them to mile high. So what we're going to do is have a, a, a contest at work. We're going to have... A competition? A competition. Okay. A eating competition. Whoever... Everybody's going to get the same amount of food. Now, just so you know, some days I may bring a lot of cookies and some days I may not bring as many. That's okay. We're okay. going to get to how we're going to, you know, I'm just letting you know, there, there may be better cookies for less people on some have, days and more plan. cookies for more people on the other day. Well, I have a plan for okay. all that. We'll put all that to bed. All right. I'll let, I'm just letting you know. So we're going to have an eating contest. Mm-hmm. I'm sponsoring this You're going to sponsor my contest, right? Cyberside so, sponsoring. So we all get the same amount of food. Yep. You have a limited time to eat this food. Whoever eats the food gets the cookies. Okay. So, like, if we go to Subway, everybody gets a foot long for that day. Right. And the quickest one to finish their Subway wins the cookies. Now, I want to tell you, I've been basically training for this my whole life. I grew up in a house with minimal amount of food. So, if you didn't eat your food real fast, you didn't get seconds. Right. Okay. And then the military, of course, the speed eating. That we speed eating. Yeah, right? I'm all about that. <clears throat> so, here's the stipulation is whoever wins the eating contest gets all the cookies. Controls you get control the cookies. of all the cookies. Mm-hmm. And it's your decision what to do with these cookies. So what I'm going to do, and now, like, I know there's other people participating in this eating contest, and if they finish their food, they're not going to get a cookie. You just don't get a cookie for showing up. Right. So if I'm eight, Well, everybody has to eat anyway. Well, everybody, yeah, you're going to eat, eat it anyway. Yeah. So the fact that if you if you just came in third in the eating contest... Out of say the five or six that are eating lunch, right? Well, it don't count. You didn't try hard enough. Yeah, first place gets the cookies. Right. Doesn't matter if you're eighth, tenth, twentieth. Doesn't matter. First place gets the cookies. first place gets the cookies. Now, what kind of what kind of cookies are we talking? Whatever you want. It'll be a variety. One day it might be this gourmet chocolate chip <clears throat> with like macadamia nuts. The next day it might be a peanut butter cookie. We but don't the, know. Well, the only reason I'm asking is because Heidi doesn't allow me to eat cookies on this new diet. Oh. So. Kim's a vegan though, so she can get around the loopholes. Okay. Well, if we can do that. She's a gamer I might when it consider, comes to food. I might consider, you know, eating them myself mm-hmm. and like taking pictures of me with these cookies and everything. Well, once you win, we do expect for social media because Twim's, Kim is pretty prolific on Twitter. Okay. So she's going to want to share the winner of the cookies. Well, if she does that, she can't really put my name on it because, you know, then Heidi will see it. Right. And then you'll get in trouble. And then I'll get in trouble trouble. for for getting the cookies. So we'll get a picture of the cookies. So instead, you know, because I know everybody else there who participated in the contest, I know they like cookies because they saw the cookies on the table. Yes. So they want some of those cookies. So I may do one of two things. I may... Call up Kim and say, hey, how much do those cookies cost you? Say, let's say a buck a piece to a make. Buck a, piece. a buck a piece for her gourmet cookie. Okay, so I won the cookies. You, you think I could sell them back to you for maybe 75 cents a cookie? Uh, you can try. I think she might tell or, you something. Or 
Maybe she can upgrade my cookies and get me a gallon of milk to go with those cookies. Oh, she could probably, you know what, because the cookies weren't enough, you need milk with those cookies. Yeah, so if I get milk with so the cookies. So just giving the cookies alone isn't enough. You need a little bit of icing, which is the milk. Yeah, I mean, if she but puts icing on that, you can't great. eat the cookies, so you'd like the cash value if you could. Well, you know, I try to sell now, them back. Let's but see. now let's say everybody else at the table, they're looking at these cookies and they want some cookies. I could definitely probably, now that I know that they're a dollar a piece, mm -hmm. I could sell them for 50 cents. For 50 cents a piece. Right. And that way I can pay for my gas money to drive to work every day. To eat the contest. Now I want you to know this is going to be like a bi-weekly thing. Oh, okay. So I'm going to be hitting up Kim, you know, bi-weekly. That's a lot of cookie sponsorship. Yeah, that is a lot that's of a cookies. That's a pretty big thing. And then on top of it, you're devaluing her cookie because she costs her a buck to make. She's donating it to your competition. You're driving then, it there. Right. Then, when you win, you're selling it back to everybody else at the table for less money than if they bought it straight up from Kim to begin with. Yeah. But that's okay. You're good with that. Well, yeah. I'm also not going to reimburse her for the ingredients that she used. No, because she donated them. Yeah. So it was donation. on her to donate them. Okay. Well. We that's, got Adam that's my here. New thing. Adam's here. What do you think, Adam? You think you can beat Mike in a contest? Well, I definitely try. You know, coming in second though, no cookie. Yeah, well, even if I was like top twenty, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I guess this kind of goes back to a little bit of your airing of the grievance that you guys listened to while I was away. Oh yeah, 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 that John Pinch thing. So. That was, someone brought it to my attention. It was like airing of grievances, John Pinch on the Kafaru podcast. And I was like, when is he not airing grievances? Well, that, that is a question. Now, just out of like full transparency, I spoke to him because I had gotten the same thing. I got about 15, 20 emails and messages. Hey, did you see this? I called him. I had a conversation, a two-hour conversation with him, which I'm not going to repeat everything or any of it. I'm going to let you guys... Because he called me out, which I'm fine with. I told him, dude, mention my name anytime you want. No, yeah, no and, issues. And that's and that's my thing, too. I mean, if you're going to be all cryptic and not mention anybody's name, dude, I'll, I'll spell it out for you. M-E-N-C-H-A-C-A. -A -A. Call me out, dude. <laughs> yeah. Earmuffs, kids. Because if you, you think Mike is an asshole. You were the one that gave the $7,000 prize to whatever. Mile High gave that prize. Adam and I dropped it off there. Mm-hmm. And that, that whole thing, the problem with it, well, what I keep hearing and a lot of people agreeing with, because I, I see this stuff on social media too. I don't try we to because I don't give a shit. Right. But what it comes down to is what we were doing this year is doing a lottery, basically. So, a raffle. A raffle, yeah. So when you go back to it and you think, okay, well, all these guys, and he says it, he's paying for his adventures with you know, the prizes and everything like that, selling off everything. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. I get where he's coming from as far as, you know, if you're if you're in this place and you worked your hardest, then you you should get the best thing that's out there. You know what? I I agree with that. But what it comes down to is we've been doing that for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. You guys and, have been and now Randy and Diane. Yeah. yeah. Randy, Randy and Diane have been a supporter. Randy and Diane have, have been doing this for years. And not even in the long-range precision no. game. This goes back to trap shooting. Right, when they shot shotguns. I, back when, when they were giving stuff away at the, the Colorado State Trap Shoot every single year, they had the highest attendance state trap shoots that they had ever given, and it was all lottery. I know I was there. 
Um, well, you're a big trap shooter. Yeah, you and yeah. Stacy. Stacy's yeah, my wife. Really yeah. well ranked. Yeah, she's actually shoot. in Tucson right now, competing in the Autumn Grand. There you go. So she hadn't missed the target yet. And that's she only shot two hundred, but she hit all two hundred. So and and only two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Dropped so, a single point. But you went to the Grand this last year, and you placed like fifth in the world. I was fifth in the world in the doubles. In the doubles. Yeah. Yep. And then you walked up to the table and grabbed a hundred dollar pouch Well, it's 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 the it's predetermined what you win, right? So the my wife is the world's doubles females or women's doubles champion. Okay. So she won a two hundred dollar leather bag that says ATA Grand American World Trap Shooting Championship Ladies Champion. 200 bucks. That's what she won for beating every woman shooter in the world. 200 bucks. I was fifth in the world. I got a hundred dollar leather pouch. It basically says AAA runner up. Here it is, which equates to fifth in the world. And that's not a cheap thing to buy into either. No, our, our entry fee for just me to shoot everything was $4,000. Holy 4,000 bucks entry fee and you got a hundred bucks back. Yep. Well, it's not even a hundred bucks. I can't even sell that thing because it says, well, somebody may want to yeah. like, say that they won. Yeah, that, but, but you got a title. But I got a title, right? So my wife, she won a $200 leather bag. Same thing. She has the title. The ATA puts out a book that states, hey, in the year 2018, Stacy Rehor is the women's doubles champion of the world. The ATA does that for us. So really, and then every year there's a Grand American, the World Trap Shooting Championships. They state, hey, last year in the women's category, Stacy won the doubles. Um, whoever won the singles, whoever won the all-around. It states who won all those. Same for the men. Dating all the way back to the late 1800s, your name is put amongst champions of the world in this book. It's kind of like the NASCAR Daytona trophy that has everybody's name who's ever won. You can relate anything to NASCAR. NASCAR. You could, but it is. It's it's your name goes on the trophy. It's a competition. Right. How much? Now, here's a question because this kind of came up. Do amateurs who attend those matches pay a different amount? So... This is so if I want to go next year with you. ATA is mm-hmm. Amateur Trap Shooting Association. Okay. Okay. So everybody has the same entry fee. Gotcha. Everybody has a class. Gotcha. Okay. So no matter how good or how bad of a shooter you are, you are put into a classification. So no matter what class you are, so they have triple A, double A. A, B, C, and D classes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Obviously, AAA is the best. D is the worst. Gotcha. Okay. On any given day, any one of those people can win champion. Gotcha. Okay. So let's say I'm Joe Schmo. I'm D class. All of a sudden, everything clicks. The stars align. Everything. I run a hundred straight in the Grand American handicap. I was the only person to do it. Okay. I am the Grand American Handicap winner. I am the champion of the world of the handicap. Right. Right then and there. Boom. I am the champion. Then whoever was second, they are runner-up. They Then three. With 4,000. And how many people generally shoot in this trap? 
So this, yeah, this year mm-hmm. at the World Trap Shooting Championships, there was, I think, just shy of 4,000 competitors. Okay, so 4,000 competitors at 4,000 bucks a piece. So the, the $4,000 is there's, there's added money to win more money. Right. So if I feel that I can run 100 straight in the singles, I bet, say, $20 or $100 that I'm going to run 100 straight. And it basically everybody puts this into a pot. So it's more like uh, pool playing then, where you bet you do side bets. Yeah. In so, a way. so I, I guess I should step back. So the just if you wanted to just show up and shoot targets and nothing else, twenty six hundred targets. The entry fee is was fourteen hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. Um, then on top of that, so you have added money. So for the singles, for the handicap, for the doubles. You can add whatever options you want. So if you want to think, in the so doubles, you, uh, so basically, if you have stages, there's these stages, this stage is this stage. You can basically just say, "I'm going to run straight through," or you're going to pick your category in your stage. Right. So like I, and then I it costs you more money because correct. now you're into that pool. Right. So like in the doubles, if I feel like I can run a hundred straight in the doubles, I'll play the hundred dollar or the hundred straight options. Mm-hmm. If I feel like I can only run fifty straight, now I have. The first 50 and the back 50. Well, then I'm going to play the 50s options. Now I can play all three of those options. I'll play the 50s, the front 50, the back 50, and the 100 straight. So if I feel like I'm going to break the 100 straight, I would play the 50s options because you have to break two 50s to make a 100. Right, right. right? So you add all those things up, and then you get money back for how well you shoot. Okay. So all of the shooters there. prize-wise. Prize-wise, you show up, you get... $200 $200 leather bag for being champion of the world. Right. Or a belt buckle or some shit. Or a belt buckle. I mean, yeah. I, and, I, I've got, I, my wife has totes upon totes upon totes. Dude, they're um, giving them away at White Elephants. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, give, yeah. I give one away every year at the, at the Christmas party. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a White Elephant gift. I got a, I got a wine decanter. I'm waiting on the glasses. Stacy's got to win them. Stacy's got to win them. She's got to win them so I can pick them up. Yeah. So the, the, now here's the thing with. You guys, and like you said, Diane and Randy Mile High have been giving away. What was your budget for prizes for matches this year? I don't have that number. That well, it was close to 40, wasn't it? Uh, it? It gets up there. I mean, it when you really start high, thinking yeah. about it, yeah, when you really start thinking about it, well, I remember I know, giving away multiple guns and multiple scopes and multiple mounts. But PRS guns. wanted 50 grand for the year, and you guys declined that. Right. Because that was the thing 50 grand for the year. And, and you guys declined it. And now what you've been doing is mixing series up and picking and choosing where the prizes go. Right. But now you're donating across the board. We're right. not donating to one particular And you're donating series. ATs. You're donating chassis. You're donating spur stuff, mm-hmm. mounts. And the, some of the ones you distribute for, you also donate. You're the wing of that donation for other prizes, too. It's not just mile high donating out of their pool. They're also using their... There's their, collaborations. Right. Yeah. 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 Between between Spurs... So kind of aggravating you guys takes a big chunk out of the prize Well, field. and here's the thing. It's, it's, it comes down to, well, I'm going to get out here and I'm going to say all this stuff and not really know the full story because what, it, what I keep hearing is, well, oh, okay, well, I didn't know that. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. But I'm going to say something about it because... Big picture. Because, yeah, because... Uh, Randy and Diane and Mike and Adam and everybody at Mile High, they're taking money out of my pocket because I won this and I should have got this. 
And it's like I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, dude, like we're we're donating and when yeah. and when you go out on a public forum and say something like that, and all these other shooters that are in the same series, whether it's NRL or PRS or anything like that, they're like, Yeah, we totally agree with you, John. You're the you're the man. It makes us kind of st- take a step back and go, well, okay, well, then what are we doing here? Yeah. Why are we donating? Yeah, why? So the, the work that uh, 28 employees put together for us to give away, just at one match, $7,000. Yeah. We gave that away. Right. And now we get complaints that we didn't give it to the right person. So everybody at the shop is not... You you guys aren't the, the, aren't worth anything because you didn't give it to the right person. Right. The politically correct word I'm I was given is it's weird that first place to third place doesn't clean up the best stuff. They right. feel that's weird. Well, they got paid. First place winner got a rifle. I remember that. Uh, second place, which was not talk talked about as far as I know, still got a twenty two hundred dollar scope. Yeah. Which was John Pinch. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, so the $2,200 didn't go didn't go far enough, evidently. So he's complaining. Well, because he sells it cheap to get it sold quicker. Yeah. And now you, you look don't at sell it, it at retail. If you sell it 400 <laughs> or so below retail, it'll yeah, sell quicker. And that devalues the equipment, one. And two, it doesn't, it doesn't help the sponsor. How's that You guys me? are the sponsor. I, I look at the... I, when I talk to him, I look at the big picture. What me, I'm looking at it from the competitor's standpoint, because we've all been competitors. I look at it from the match director's standpoint and what he has to do, because we've all been match directors of some kind. And then I look at it from the sponsors, because I've sponsored as well, but you guys, because I deal with the sponsors. I brought in prizes. I've had $250,000 prize tables. I've played this game. I know it. So I know what sponsors tell me and what they want to hear and see. So my problem was big picture. We're looking at it from a single competitor and to say, I work harder than you. I shop better than you. I deserve it over you. I get from a standpoint, however, that's actually less than a third of the puzzle. Oh yeah. Even and though there's three components, there's and then you shooter, start master. slinging words out there, comparing it with socialism, and then you start saying stuff like millennials, and it's like, dude, you just name calling now. Yeah, What's he called you got called a millennial, but then yeah. a millennial. Well, Mike, Rand- Randy yeah. and Diane got called well, the millennials. millennials. Yeah, <laughs> last, the time I checked, last time I checked, Randy was over seventy. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how that gets classified as a millennial. He fought. He's Vietnam. a baby boomer, man. He fought in the Vietnam War. I don't think that's a. I don't think that right. classifies. But the big picture here's how it is. It's a carrot, okay? It's not. In in my there was three points of disagreement that I'm not going to really get into, but I'm going to bring up the participation trophy because that's my main point. By saying that giving something to somebody who scored less than 50% got a, or, you know, lower half got a participation trophy. No, it's a carrot because how do you differentiate one match from another? Well, course of fire is one. The social aspect is another. The prizes can be another way to differentiate one match. And the more you spread it out, the more you're trying to entice people back. Right, right. You're drawing a crowd. Crowd, right. So like I talked about, Randy and Diane gave away a, 
a Parazzi shotgun at the Colorado State shoot every year. Right. Attendance was as high as it had ever been. So why would you do it? Why Why would you do that? You had more and more people showing up to a match. Unless all those people that are, say, uh, like not in the top 20, help pay the bills. Right. And if those people keep coming back, the match gets bigger and Because if bigger we only had a bigger. top 20 match, there'd only be 20 people there. Right. Would that pay for a match? No. Oh, so if we had a whole bunch of people showing up yeah. because, hey, you know, we might actually win a $4,000 rifle, even though we didn't shoot the if, best. Now this I'm match. If you're a match di- as me as a match director, been doing this since 2002, 2003. If you're thrifty, if you do everything well, if you cut corners money-wise and, and don't count, you could absolutely have to discount your labor. Your labor gets thrown in the garbage immediately. On course of fire, setup, all that stuff, labor's gone. But if you count expenses and you're really good with how you do, can get sponsorship, I average probably clearing $3,000 Per hundred shooters. Maybe. Right. Now, I will tell you this. The last two years of the Sniper Side Colville match, I haven't taken any money. I gave it all back. I haven't taken a dime. So, if you only have 20 people, you'd have to charge five times more to pay for the match, like you said. Correct. And then you could put the top 20 in and front load, and then everybody will understand, hey, it's only these 20 guys because they're the best in the business. And one through five or one through, you can go in order and give them the prizes. Now, here's the thing. As a sponsor, knowing that the top 20 guys are the only ones shooting the match, who most of them are already sponsored, do you feel comfortable donating a $7,000 rifle to that type of match? Where you know... How many... And, and, and I'll call it out, but how many ATs has Vibbert got from you guys? Well, at least two last year. I yeah, know, that yeah. you know of. Yeah. But all the ATs he's won come from you. Right. Yeah, we handed them to him. Handed them right to him ourselves. Yeah. Right? So, how comfortable would you feel handing a third, fourth, or fifth AT to the same guy in a twenty-person match? In they never use that product, right? So that like, right. I mean, they they you have, know they're, they're going to sell. Right. It. They're going to sell. They're going to get rid of it. It's it's really not that appealing because it's not doing us as a as a vendor any good okay like yeah we get the picture with jake vibbert with the gun or john pinch or jerry Karloff or whoever whoever's on the top right now right, right. i mean whoever yeah those guys are on um, another the, level the, i will say this they dude, are phenomenal awesome. shooters yeah they try to they are phenomenal, phenomenal shooters. right i i man i'm not a, I'm well they not say they work harder than we do uh, one do. of the guys yeah. one of the guys wrote me and said listen when everybody we were at a match i was at a match with john and while all of us were sitting at the bar drinking, he was up dry firing and, and working yeah, his mm-hmm. positions and not socializing and at the bar doing what the rest that of us That is why are. he's number one. Right. That's yeah. exactly why he's number one. And that effort has definitely shown in his statistics. But what does that bring back to you with, with in, in return? What do you get out of that as a, as a someone who's given 40 thousand dollars a year in sponsorship how does that reward you like you're saying for well, doing that yeah i think we all know the answer to that because the the way that 
we like Mile High was rewarded as vendors as somebody going and blasting us on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you were, and, and you know, listen, I don't like, care. It's like you don't have to say the name, dude. Throw the numbers out. We know what you're talking about. Adam and I were standing right there. Yeah. There were people that walked up to us and shook our hands and said, "Yeah, dude, that was the right thing to do. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you guys did that." The guy that we handed that rifle off to had a tear in his eye, and I'm, you know, I'm a sympathetic crier. I was like, "Don't cry." Right. Yeah, 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 that's going to end me right here yeah. in front of everybody. So as a, as you know? a, as a vendor for us to give it to someone else that's that's not in the top 20. Right. Okay? And so what it's doing two things. One, what it does is um, it it makes it a customer for life. Mhm. Right? That guy was shooting a savage at that point in time. I guarantee you he sold that savage the next day. Yep. Right? That AT got put to use. He's going to come to Mile High and buy stuff from us, mm-hmm. right? Two, it's growing the match that we are at because he's, he's going to tell everybody. He, he's going to tell anybody and everybody there. If we got done this year after year after year, there would be more people that showed up because there is a chance that they could win a scope and an AT right. rifle, right? And if it got big enough, say two, three, four hundred shooters, you think that our prizes would get bigger? And more, like more of them, mm-hmm. most likely. Yeah, and I mean, here's what we when I was coming up and things, and I've seen this with Jacob and everybody down at Rifles Only back in the day. And I know people do this, and they always mention it. Oh, I saw Regina Milkovich give a rifle away. Yeah, she learned it from Jacob. She learned it from this guy because that's what was done back in she's the day. She's done great things, right? She does fantastic. Now, here's the thing. We just sponsored her match him, for this next week. Yeah, I've seen yeah. him go down the line and look at guys and guy and a guy shooting a stock Remington 300 Win Mag beating the guy up and Jacob going, that gun's not the right gun, but that guy's got to drive to him. Here, I'm going to give him it. And that's kind of what we do with the prizes. Who has the drive, but not necessarily the means? And you give that prize to that person, so that way there... Their means now equals their drive, and they'll come back. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? So it's a big picture kind of thing that I understand rewarding one, two, three, four, five in order. But number one, that's what the trophies are for. Number two, that's what the series is for. If the series wants to be something and and take your money and do all that, the prize for their series match should come from them. That's right. The, the the track in NASCAR does not pay you as much as NASCAR pays you. You're running the track in what we're in Texas this week. The Texas track is not the one footing the bill. NASCAR still does the prize money. Just because you're at that track doesn't mean now there's there's other ways they get money. Supplemental things and the track probably has a piece of that but at the same time the main million dollar prize a nascar driver gets for coming in first comes from nascar now i completely agree that guys are playing within the rules of the series but the series has never been set up right which has been my number one thing it's never been set up to adapt for the changes in the matches when we used to have four now we got 40 they never adapted, and now it's making a match in a sponsor look bad when it's really the series' job to give you the money, to pay for you to be their rock star, because they're going to exploit you as their top shooter. Right. But what do you get in return for that from them? 
you put in the effort, you've done all the work, and yet now you're dependent on the, which match you go to to take as much as possible from them, and you don't know whether or not you're going to get a prize or something smaller. And I get that aspect of it that these guys are complaining about. But at the same time, that's the game. That's the rule. You knew ahead of time that it's 50-50 whether or not you're going to win the best prize. Yeah, it all comes back to that there is structure to multiple shooting disciplines, right? Yeah. Even even in the in the Kafaru podcast, right? They, he was talking about shooting up, shooting archery, and there's 17, 1,800 people that show up, and there's classes. Yes. Right? So you have to have something that, that basically... And that was puts, still my bitch with NRL, is that right. NRL, I think, does better on one end. They don't do better in their matches other than the social side of it, in the advertising side yeah, of it. And that's, that is, that there is an great. open class. It's yeah. straight open, so there's never really a line. So if you show up as a new guy... You're thrown into the same pond as a John Pinch and a Jake Vibber. Right. And you're expected to sink and swim alongside them. And if you happen to sink that day because it's new, you don't know what's going on, well, they've cleaned up. Yep. And what are you going to do now? You're, you're, you're either going to be dejected because you only hit 10 targets all weekend and you didn't do as well. You, weren't, you didn't know what to expect. And then you watched all these guys run all over you. So what takes away the sting? Maybe winning a prize at a door prize, a raffle. That's right. And, and that's what takes that sting away. Yeah. And so then if you had, let's say, classes where, where PRS or NRL or whoever structures it enough to say, hey, well, like, Frank, you're a better shooter than me. Mike's. A better shooter than me. So what, how 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 do I right. how do you show be up to 120 people or like KM, 400 people? I could be the worst shooter there, right? But maybe I have a chance to win out of all the D shooters there, right? Right. So it's like okay, well, us 40, in my class, us, I us, came in this us right. bottom 40 shooters. Let let me do it out with the bottom with 40 the shooters all the yes. time. You see it with the right. you know the small calibers and the three hundred eights and right. the sixes and, the, and I, you know, we used to shoot it in New Jersey. We used to shoot a Carlos Hathcock match. It was a three hundred yard prone match in New Jersey. You shot a pistol target, little pistol silhouette, and what they did is in pencil, they made an X ring in the head, which gave you one extra point. So you can shoot a headshot on a pistol target at three hundred yards. I won. My division one year, which was like me B division, high score this win. And I have the trophy from it that says you won your division because it was split up between whether it's former military, uh, old, young, new, experienced, whatever the case, they split it up. So you have that option to win. Right. And it, and it doesn't even come down to equipment most of the time. You know, you could be a D class shooter you know the lowest Nowadays. Class, the lowest class shooter, but guess what? I got a ton of money, and I love this sport. And I'm going to sink it into it, and I'm going to buy the you know the right. best kit on the market. I'm going to have fifty grand wrapped up in my setup between gun suppressor, pack, rangefinder, spotting so yeah, yeah. I have all of the greatest stuff that even, I have more stuff than anybody out here, but I'm still in last place. 
Well, let that guy fight it out with the other guy that's not very good. At least, at least let those guys hash it out. Yeah. So it's like, well, I know, say Mike and I are in the same class. Well, Mike and I show up to the same match. We're like, hey, dude, I'm going to get you today. It's the same between Vivid mm-hmm. and Pinch. You see those guys like, hey, man, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you back and forth, back and forth, right? Same thing with all the top 5, 10, 15 shooters. It's the same in Trap. It's the same in Archery, I'm sure. It's like, hey, man, I'm going to get you today. All the top guys yeah, battle with that. But right. what about yeah, what about the guys middle of the pack? Well, listen, I, I know, I'm a middle of the pack shooter. Yeah, that's why I always tell Aaron, I'm, I'm following you today. Right? Like, <laughs> I like to hash it out with him. Like, me and Brian Whalen. Like, man, every time I show up to a match, it seems like him and I are hashing it out. First, to the you know, last, to to the the last stage. stage. Right. Yep. Down every to the time. very last point. Like, who's going to come out on top? Well, I, I enjoy that. I like that, you know, you mm-hmm. know your competition. So let's set it up and structure something so that you have something for the middle guys. You have something for the bottom guys. You have something for the champions. Great. If you're champion of this match, awesome. More Give them a one game. MOA target and say, if you're classed in A class, you're shooting all the red targets, which are a minute. If you're in B class, at the same stage, there's a blue target that's two minutes. If you're in C class, there is a full size Ipsic there. Yeah. I, I don't. You could leave the targets the same size. Be well, but I think it, I think board. it would kind of balance the field, and it would take a lot of work to put an extra target up. And it could be two A's and B's shoot one, C's and D's or let them. But at the same time, it allows you to stay within your class. You could then divide up the prizes that way, right. and you'll know ahead of time. What, like yeah. you said, you know ahead of time what you're going to get in shotgunning. Yeah. So like that, okay, well, champion. We know champion gets a GA precision rifle. We know they do because GA stated, hey, if you win champion right. at this match, you get a rifle. But if they're meatball matches, what difference does it make? Because now that's the big thing is throw a meatball match out there so the points are really high so you get more series points. And that's become a thing with these guys where they're now adapting it because all their buddies are the competitors. To me, it goes back. It's why I'm not a fan. I think this, all the series on this side of things are doing it wrong. I don't think they've adapted well to the growth. Bigger is not always better. In, in my position, I don't think it grew better. I think it just got bigger. It got bigger. It just needs. It got bigger, it, it, and more hands are starting to come out. Right. And, yeah. And I great. I I want to see precision rifle grow and become one of the biggest shooting sports in the United States. Absolutely, that benefits it, us. It benefits. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, there's there's a ton of, of people out there making every, all sorts of products for precision rifle. I mean, look at really rice stuff, and they made stuff for cameras, and all of a sudden, boom, they blew up in precision rifle. Right. Right. That was a whole market that just grew for them, right? There's there's plenty of other people out there that have the same thing. So if you can if you can make this whole thing grow, it's just it needs structured so that when it gets bigger, there's laws and bylaws and everything that state, hey, if this happens, then this happens, right? right? If this guy cheats, then he gets he gets kicked out for a year, mm-hmm. right? Or however you want to structure it. Well, right? But there, but there you have to have guidelines. PRS, NRL, has to have a guideline that states I mean, a match is run this way. Yes. That way, everywhere you go is the same. I mean, ATA, they have Amateur Trap Shooting Association. They have little mom-and-pop gun clubs that throw an ATA-registered shoot. 
all shooters are scored the same. They all work off of the same average. They all work off the same classification. Mm -hmm. No matter where you are. It's identical. It is identical. I can go to Hawaii. I can go to Anchorage, Alaska. I can go to Florida. Everything is the same. They show up. Hey, where's your ATA card? Boom. Here's my ATA card. Here's my number. Okay. Well, what's your average? Here's my average card. You have a 99 singles average, right? You're a 27-yard shooter, and you have a 97 doubles average. Perfect. You're triple A, 27 triple A. Boom. I'm thrown in that classification. Only am, if she's 5'3". <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had to throw but something no, there. Right? And, and, and so there's a thing that, that in what you said, is this, it's identical. We, we DQ'd Tub the first time he shot our, our thing on a stage because we had a mover stage, and we said... You can shoot as many rounds in the two passes of the mover. Max holes wins. Kind of that deal. And what David did is he shot through the wood every time on the limit. So the shrapnel put holes in the paper. We're shooting 100-yard mover on paper. Jacob saw it. Hey, man, you shot through the wood. Yeah, got to count the holes, man. More holes. He shrapneled it. Mm -hmm. We DQ'd him on the stage because that's not the spirit. These guys are too afraid to do that. Here we had David Tubb. Shooting a sniper's high cup, and we DQ'd him because he gained the stage. We didn't go, yeah, that's close. We're only counting the bullet holes, dude. We could have easily said, no, dude, we're only counting bullet holes, not shrapnel from wood. Then he would have said, well, I would have shot it different. Right. But what we said was... Yeah, but what we told you to do was shoot, shoot right the first time. Right. Shoot yeah. it. Well, 100-yard mover, not shoot the wood and the limit stakes. The wood is the limit stakes. To when the target goes behind the wood. Well, is it the left side of the wood or is it the right side yeah, of the wood? Yeah, okay, right. Is it down the center of the wood? But that's that's the difference is these guys refuse to tax these guys when they do something wrong. And without the classification and just having open fields are never going to be fair to anybody. Doesn't matter if it's the, the top five guys or the bottom five guys. An open field is never going to be fair. Correct. I think that's our bottom yeah, line, yeah, right? Bottom line, I think that that there needs to be more structure in the the man, like the PRS, series. The series. It was they, never thought out. It was never. That was my bitch yeah. from the beginning. You know how much it would grow if it actually had structure. You know how many people, would, more people, would participate because they're like, oh, I don't want to go up against these guys. Yeah, look at. I want to go up against these guys, look and then you can go go from three hundred people Dude, to that three thousand people. Cross. There are so many precision rifle shooters in the USA. But how many of them are actually registered? None. Yeah, very, very small. Very, it's very tiny. It's, it's three hundred. It's three. Usually written down, it's about fifteen hundred people. Every time, and I the turn numbers around, are shrinking. Every time I turn around, I get an email. Hey, you guys should come out to our match in Tennessee. You guys should come out to our match in Arizona. Oh, I get it too. I but, get invited. But to they're them. not. They're not PRS or NRL right. or anything yeah. like that. They're just little little you know side matches and stuff right. like that, or local matches, which I really freaking love. Those are awesome because right. those are the guys. That don't get prizes. Yeah. They go there to shoot and have a good time and grab ass with their buddies. And and, and pick up some experience without the pr pressure. Exactly. You know? Because they know we've all done it. We've done it at our local match. Pulling guys to the side that are zero in stage. We get to the fourth stage. This guy's still shooting a zero. One of us is pulling to the side coaching him. Yeah. Hey, yeah. dude. We're coaching him while yet. they're shooting yeah. stage. We, right. We got we get a lot of uh, criticism on the on the no-co match. Well, it's not PRS. It's not NRL. It's nothing. Like, that's fine. Right, what, not affiliated. What, it's not affiliated. We, yeah. we, we don't want to be. We don't want to be because this is a learning 
match. We want to take people that don't want to compete in a PRS match and we want to educate them and get them to the point where they actually want to go and compete in that match. And you know how many of those guys showed up to that Craig match because of that? Yeah, there was a lot. A lot of no-co people, right. And and I was away that time, so I, I would have been up there. I don't have any interest, but if I was home, I would have been there. You know what I mean? And that's one of those things because why? I want to support you and Mike. Right. You know what I mean? If it was just a case of, hey, this is an NRL match in Colorado, no interest, I don't care. As fun as it could be, I'm not worried about it. But then you go... Adam's there, Mike's there, so and so's there. Even more guys from our shop are showing up. Right. Yeah. They're and, like, and then yeah, you let's go, do it. well, guess what? I'm gonna go. Like when I went to Gunworks, I went because of Kaylin and Phil. When I went to The Guardian, it's because of Gary Larson. When I, you know, all that stuff, I'm going because of people on top of where the match is. Because there's definitely bucket list matches out there. But to me, they're even getting watered down because they're getting popular and that whole thing. But anyway, I don't know. We should. We've had enough. We'd set way too we much. A dead horse. Yeah, death. we beat right. this horse. So, like I said, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to get. My bottom line is, you know, when people ask me, they're like, "Oh, what do you think about what John Pinch said?" Honestly, I don't give a shit what John Pinch thinks. Is what it comes down to. Yeah, we, we go out there and we I, do it like, because of the shooters that are out there to have a good time mm-hmm. and be out there, be competitive, participate. And, you know, hey, maybe even, you know, high five each other every once in a while. But it just, I mean, this is fun to us. Yeah, I get it. I just think they're they're not seeing the big picture and they're looking at it on on an individual level as a competitor and not a big picture. And to me, that's where the problem is, is they've made it so competitive in a way, but in the wrong direction. And my opinion is, is if you want to be a professional PRS shooter... That's great. There's a pro league, and your entry fee is $1,000, $1,500, $2,000. And guess what? You top 20 guys or 25 guys or whoever wants to pay that $2,000, that goes into a pot. The match director takes 400 bucks for his match, like the same as everybody else, but the rest of that money goes into a pot. And who comes out on top? Gets the money. Yeah. You want to pay first, second, and third out of that pot, out of that $2,000 in entry fee? Great. Yeah, whoever hey, wants to type then, it up, we've given guess, you a thousand. It has to go guess, to cash then guess for what, them. Guess yeah. what, man? Then you get to walk away. You get to take that money and go, ha ha, I want it this time. Come back, get it next time. Right. You, see, you, you paid in, you get back. That's that's right. Right. You want to be you you want to win money up the up the the entry fee. And then the top 20 guys get to play out of that Because that was even brought up in the archery side. Mm -hmm. The pro archery guys pay twice as much or more, whatever Aaron said it was. But it was they paid more money in to be considered pro, but then it went right back to classifications. I think there just needs to be structure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what do we – we only got like 15 minutes, man, for the last – what do you want to get on? Do we got 15 minutes worth of Ackley or you want to go in another direction? uh, Let's do the Valkyrie because you shot that. Yeah, and you've we, been you've been uh, talking I, about that Valkyrie, a lot too. So because these guys all shot the Valkyrie with me, yeah. And there's that debate of whether it's viable or not. So I want to keep down that path a little bit because we end up losing people around this line. Yeah, and I want to say what's up to my friend Justin who just picked up a Valkyrie. I just sent it off to him on Friday. Nice. So and he's a he's a big listener of the show. He loves us and. Uh, yeah, he used the word fanboy, but I don't know if I want to use that. I want to be like, let's just be friends, Justin. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but, but all of us here have shot the Valkyrie, 
I mean, do do we see it as something in, in, viable for somebody who doesn't want to spend the money, doesn't want to chase the dashers? You know, can you see it where, work? Where I really like the the Valkyrie is one, you have good barrel life. Two, there's low recoil. Three, you have very good ballistics. Better better than a two twenty three. Right, right. No, it's not a six Creedmoor, but you have your wife, your children getting into the sport. You say you don't want to, you don't want to get down and get prone all the time, and and you want something that shoots like a Creedmoor and but, a lighter gun, right? You can make you it can lighter. Put it in a lighter gun. You want to go and sit on the bench and shoot a long ways, and it is awesome, man. It's no, it is not a PRS competition cartridge where it's going to put you in the top twenty every single time. I think there's good enough shooters that could do it. Yep. I you get. Man, you give any of the top 20 PRS shooters a that, Valkyrie, they'll a Valkyrie, still stay in there. They'll, oh, yeah. they'll still be in the top five because they can read win, right? They can, they can, they already they, have they positional have, they, they have all the positional yeah. stuff down. You could put a Valkyrie in John Pitch's hands, Vibbert's hands, Karloff's hands. They're, they're still going to be in the top five. Right. I agree right. with that. I mean, and I think it becomes something that's not expensive for a guy. Because right. it's so much less money. I like that it's faster than a 308. Yeah. Maybe. Well, oh, good example. Great you reminded me. So I'm looking on Facebook and stuff, and one of the guys was doing that Caldwell 2-liter challenge, mm-hmm. and he shot the 308 at a 2-liter bottle at a mile. He used 29 mils or so. Sounds right. <laughs> right. At a mile with his 308. The Valkyrie's 24. Yeah. 5 mils less than a 308 at yeah. a mile. It does just a little bit better. It does a little bit. It does enough just better. Enough better. better. It's like a it's like a two twenty three Creedmoor. Well, it's well. There is a twenty two Creedmoor coming. There's this twenty five Creedmoor craze going on. So everybody's trying to go smaller, lighter, faster, more powder behind it. But they're nuking barrels, and I say I get it. Barrels are tires. They're expendable. The whole thing that we mantraed over and over again. Not everybody wants to spend that money. And that's where the big picture comes in. Right. Well, the ammo's cheaper. The ammo's cheaper. Ten dollars you know, a box. Ten dollars a $10 box. Ten dollars a box for seventy-five grain that shoots under half inch. Yeah, well, it shoots one hole in my gun. Yeah, why would right. you even load that? Right. Right. You want to. You want to do some good barricade practice. Build you a Valkyrie. I, There's tons of people that run Bighorn. Right. Build you a Bighorn Valkyrie. Then all you have the to do face. just swap the bolt face out. Run that on your barricade, and then all of a sudden, man, you have great barricade practice inside of 600 yards with $10 a box ammo. What what more could you ask? The 75 grain at 400 yards, which is the skill stage distance, will clean up. Oh, hands down. It yeah. does it faster. When we shot the 224 at the 22 Challenge at NOCO, the first guy shooting was shooting a bolt rifle. I came in right behind him. There was six targets. I cleaned the stage in 15 seconds, and it took him 45 to 50 seconds or something like that. I just laid behind the gun, dialed up, and went to town. Mm-hmm. It does it a lot faster. You can see exactly where your impacts are, and if you're good enough on the reset of the gun, mm-hmm. you can just run it. Yeah. yeah I, I think the, the Valkyrie is a great – it's going to be a great cartridge. Like I said, again, you put that in a bolt gun – uh, you can load up the 88 grain. You can run Hornady Factory. You can run the 90 yep. grain factory. Um, it, man, it, it, it just shoots so good. It's so soft recoil. You want to start a kid out 
and get them to where they have good ballistics like a 6.5 Creedmoor, but you don't want the recoil. I know that in the there's money not much, and the thing, right. but guess what? If you start bad habits young, they have bad habits as they get older. Start them with less recoil and work them into a gun. With a Valkyrie, you can shoot inside 800 yards, no recoil, and they learn good fundamentals. Yep. You want to you put them on a barricade? And they'll learn wind. They'll learn, learn wind. wind. Absolutely. That's the greatest what, equalizer what are we talking there like is. A ride. Yeah, what are we talking, a five, six mile an hour gun? Yeah, it's about a five. Yeah. Yep. So we didn't, I don't think it was quite up to six. I think it was five. What was Brian's up to? Because he's got a 26 inch barrel and he's low. About five, if yeah. I remember. It was less, but not a whole ton. Once we get past out there, it starts to get so light. And we were shooting at transonic too, don't forget. Mm -hmm. Subsonic and stuff. So we saw some wind. But it, it was predictable and repeatable. And, you know, we had the accuracy there. So it, it's definitely once you get it, you'll learn it. Now, what I tend to find is, like, and I mentioned this a bunch on the podcast, after 600 yards, the wind becomes a factor for it. And then it becomes very similar to a 168 308. After yeah, 600. Which you can plan for. That's right. Easy. You just add one, add two, you know, as you start moving up in, mm -hmm. in uh, 100-yard increments. But if you're longer barrel, bolt gun, better ballistic now with the 88s going faster, Brian thinks he's going to get 80-grain bullets at like 3,000 to 3,100. Let me, that gun, let me, let me ask you this, though. On the, uh, was there a noticeable difference on a bolt rifle versus a gas gun in 224? Accuracy, Yes. Shooting, no. I got three hits out of my bolt rifle, or out of my gas gun, with the 22-inch barrel. I got seven hits out of out of your guy's bolt gun. At a mile. At a mile. At a mile. So there is a, a noticeable difference. Yeah, it was it was it was half as good, better because it will the velocity. I'm looking at like 27 and change out of the factory 88s, and Brian's hand loads in his bolt gun, which is what I shot him with. His hand loads. We're like 2880. So I'm doing 88s uh, almost, I'm just curious, two, almost you, 200 feet per second. Did more. you guys chronograph? No. No. He did before, but we only had basic yeah, numbers. Yeah, because he's like uber nerdy when it comes to reloading. Yes, he's got the Prometheus. He's doing all that work. And he was like 2880 out of the 88 grain stuff. And it was noticeable at a mile. Now we're going to do, he's coming out to the range next week. We're going to do accuracy inside a thousand yards and we're going to see the difference between that bolt gun and his hand loads and then our gas gun so this is going to be like part five we're, yeah we're doing a part five uh, <laughs> at our range so uh, we want to look at the accuracy aspect of it and not um just launching them out far and those elements are going to be way different too because when you guys were uh, shooting down in new mexico that was right after the match that they had the Steel Safari. Yes, it was that weekend. Right and then, uh, what was the weather conditions while you were down? It was perfect. It was Until perfect. The, the, the front came through when we were done. As the sun was going down, the front came through. But before that, we had perfect conditions. So we can't really say that for our range on any given day. day. I, well, what we did is I looked at the 10-day forecast. I got a day that's showing like 60 degrees in 6-mile-an-hour wind. Perfect. Uh, that's where we're going with. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Any Anytime it's past uh, October 1, it can do anything. Mm -hmm. Well, as we learned this year, well, anytime it's past night, January had, 1. <laughs> last night we had 70 mile an hour winds here in the state. Yeah. It just storms came through and the whole thing. And then the signs all driving up here. 
all have high wind advisories on all the signs. Right. Everything's blowing. I ran over a tumbleweed coming into your uh, complex here. The tumbleweeds are out blowing. Oh, oh yeah, you've just been nothing but windy all day. At my house, I, I went inside. I had to see check. all these leaves right here. Mm-hmm. Dude, I had these all scooped up last weekend. <laughs> I had to I had to check the wind meter at my house just just for pure knowledge. I'd been out in the shop all morning, and uh, I go inside and it was like constant thirty gusts of thirty eight. Yeah. I mean, seriously, the wind here has been insane. So we're going to be good with that. All right, guys. Um, Any house cleaning? I'm going to house clean, uh, clean and we're going to wrap up. We're coming on to 50 minutes or so, 52. So updated the site yesterday. New software, new stuff, new features. Guys are saying with their Android phones, if they want to search, go into the main menu down the left side. Halfway down the tab that opens up, you'll see a search box. Use that if the magnifying glass in the middle is not working. Uh, you can still search, but we did a big update on the site. It's running fantastic. Everything's good. Numbers are up. Uh, really happy with what we're seeing on that. But we did just do a complete site-wide forum update, and that's all good. So, guys, pop in. And it's working great on the phone. Uh, all that. Uh, what else? Do, do we have any house cleaning you guys got? Uh, over at Mile High, we just started carrying KRG. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we got their Bravo and X-ray chassis. The Bravo's awesome. I got to do a review, finish it up. I have it mounted in, but I got like so many chassis. I ordered a barrel action from you guys yesterday because I got so many chassis that came in. KRG, one of them with the Bravo. I got MDT came in uh, yesterday or the day before. I got the Nukon uh, lasers and stuff came in. But part of the problem is a lot of my old rifles that I would yank out and put into these chassis have the old Badger recoil lugs the with gaps. The enormous The enormous giant Badger and they don't fit in half of these chassis. So that's why I had Adam spin me up. And what did he do? Bighorn TL3. So if I want to go Valkyrie, want to change and want to play with it, I got the option to play with it. So I ordered a barrel of action yesterday. Um, and then you guys... Didn't you have a Night Force thing going on or something? Yeah, we got a bunch of discontinued scopes. If you guys go on to Sniper side, go into the Mile High section, you'll see we posted about a bunch of discontinued scopes that are on there. Night Forces and stuff. Uh, so. Yeah, so they're they're cleaning out, getting ready for this next shot show. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. Hopefully they got some cool new stuff. But uh, the, the one thing that we've been asking for a long time is a spotting scope with a reticle in it. We keep asking them for it. I don't know if they're going to do it. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But that's uh, hopefully that'll that'll be a, a thing for them to kind of evaluate. Both. I told you know what. Here's my and I think I mentioned it in a podcast. All we need is an eyepiece with a reticle that fits in a Kawa or Shirovsky. The Kawas yeah. do fit in some Shirovskys, but if somebody came out with a good Kawa eyepiece with a reticle in it, it would clean up. Oh yeah. Anyway, there you got Frank from Sniper's Hide. You've been listening to the Everyday Sniper Podcast with uh, the mile higher response to the e e the airing of grievances. And now we're done, so we can move past that and yep. get on to actual sniper We're going to get shit. on to shooting in the next one. So thanks for listening, and thanks for being part thanks, of it. Thanks, guys. Peace.